welcome to Night and Tales. This podcast was created during the International Year of the Nurse and Nurse Midwife. And what a year that was. This podcast is dedicated to telling stories of nurses from across our profession. Our goal is to introduce you to the seemingly infinite possibilities in nursing and encourage you to find your true passion within this work. I'm your host, Jessica Spruitt, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Night and Tales. I'm so glad you guys are here, and I'm also glad that we have our guest speaker with us today. Today we have Lindsay Carter, and she is a clinical team lead. She works at Duke University Health System. And Lindsay, I'm so glad that you're here to tell us about what it means to be a clinical team lead and a little bit about your journey through nursing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to to be here today as well and just be able to talk to you about my my nursing career and the path that's gotten me where I am today. Yeah, I'm I'm really anxious to learn about it. So if you don't mind, let's get started with just telling me a little bit about kind of your background. Where did you go to school? What was your first job in nursing and where did where did all of this start? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, I currently work at Duke. So I'm living in North Carolina right now, but I'm originally from Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I actually went to Michigan State University is where I got my um, bachelor's of science in nursing. Um, So I graduated from there in 2007. And um, I knew that I loved working with kids. Um, I didn't really know exactly where I would land. So I just kind of started applying for some jobs. Um, My mother actually has a history of breast cancer. And so I was passionate about, um, about that, about cancer and treatments. And also, like I said, working with kids. So that was actually what made me apply for my my first nursing job, which was um, at the Children's Hospital in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was on a um, hemoc, renal, and bone marrow transplant unit. Um, so that actually turned out to be a perfect fit. Um, I loved working with the kids. I loved the patient population. Um, had some amazing coworkers. You know, for a first nursing job, that's mm-hmm. extremely important. Having like a great support system with your coworkers. Um, so I ended up staying there for about a year and a half, um, and I. I think maybe six, seven months or so into my job there is when I actually started learning more about the bone marrow side. Um, That was something that as a new nurse, um, I didn't jump into right away, just kind of learning the foundational skills. Mm -hmm. Um, But then was able to start working with the bone marrow population, which was a really great experience and helped me to build a lot of confidence in my nursing skills. Um, And then before I left, Um, Children's Hospital actually started precepting and um, I wasn't sure how I was going to like that. I think as like a newer nurse, you don't have that confidence to to think that you can actually teach somebody else Mm -hmm. how to be a nurse. Um, But I did actually find that it was a fun role to take on and it was nice to see that I actually could help to teach a new nurse, you know, how to um, get comfortable in her role Um, And at the same time, I learned a lot more about myself and recognized that, you know, you can also teach somebody, even when you don't know everything, you teach them how to um, use their resources and ask other people questions and stuff like that. So that was like a big, um, a big moment for me in my nursing, early nursing career, kind of learning that I actually really do enjoy teaching and, um, you know, so I was able to carry that with me throughout the rest of my career. So I guess I was there for about a year and a half before I ended up moving to North Carolina. Okay. Lindsay, I think you highlighted such an important thing that um, you don't have to know everything to teach someone. And I mean, I don't think in, in any of our careers, especially I think the further into our careers that we get, the more we recognize we don't know. Um, but I think many people listening to this podcast may find themselves in those very shoes where they hadn't been a nurse for that long, you know, maybe they're not especially confident with their knowledge, but they're asked to precept. And I think that that's such an important perspective that you offered of, you don't have to know everything, but if you can teach them how to think and, you know, pursue those answers, are there any other tips that you would give for someone who's newer to precepting that you think is really helpful? Yeah. um, You know, I think that, as a new preceptor, um, 
you know, I didn't, didn't think of a lot of these things until later on when I was precepting a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, once I moved to, um, to Duke and was there for a few years and precepted a little bit more, um, I was asked to take on the role of being the orientation coordinator for our unit. Wow. Um, and so that was, you know, it kind of really took me back because I was like, wait, you want me to do that? <laughs> I didn't think I had that much experience. Um, but what I actually did in that position is I took a little bit of a step back from actually being a preceptor and I helped to facilitate schedules for new nurses um, and also helped to um, get new preceptors up and going as preceptors. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually helped to teach a, a class about precepting and um, you know, some of the things that we really focused on was just being welcoming to, to the new nurse. You know, I think a lot of times you can, people can probably hear about in nursing school, senior staff, you know, eating their young nurses and stuff like that. Um, so I think that, you know, just kind of having that perspective and trying to remember where you were as a new nurse and how you felt coming into that position. Um, and so just trying to be encouraging and, you know, introducing people to the team. Um, but also, you know, where you may have some of that lack of confidence because maybe you haven't been a nurse for that long, or maybe you've been a nurse for five or six years and you still just don't know, feel like you know everything. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I always say to new preceptors is um, kind of what you highlighted, Jessica, is that you will never know everything. Um, And that's okay. I mean, nursing is, you know, an ever evolving process. You know, we see practice change every day. We learn new things. And so, um, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to come across as if you know everything because that new nurse is going to think that they need to know everything. Um, And, you know, that can be dangerous sometimes because then they don't think that they can ask questions of other people. Um, You know, so I think that that part is really, really important. And then the other thing is really um, focusing on the use of policies and like the evidence-based practice that your unit and your organization has. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think sometimes um, if you've been a nurse for a little while, you can get comfortable and, you know, you might deviate from policy a little bit and not realize that you are. So, um, you know, one thing that I utilize a lot when a newer nurse would ask me a question is I would say, you know, I'm not sure, but like, let's look it up together. Um, and so that I'm showing them how to use resources, but also at the same time, I'm showing them that, you know, I may not know, but here's how we can find out together. Um, And I think that that's so important because then they can learn the right way to do it and also learn how when they are on their own, if they don't um, know the answer, where to go for the answer. Sure. Oh, Lindsay, that's such great advice. I think that you sound like just exactly what a preceptor would need when taking on that role and trying to grow in that role. Um, And I think that's really good advice. And I hope the people listening who either will be precepted or have an opportunity to become a preceptor, you know, really hear that message because it's so true. Um, You know, rely on evidence-based practice, on policies within the institution, you know, maintain your curiosity. I think these are such good points that Lindsay's making. So Lindsay, you you had been on the um, Hemonk unit in Detroit, um, working with children um, for a couple of you know almost a couple of years, and then you told us that you did you move directly to North Carolina from there. I did. Um, so it was a little bit of an interesting path because, like I said, I really enjoyed the unit I was working on, enjoyed mm-hmm. you know the coworkers um, that I was working with. So it really wasn't a move that I made because I didn't like my job. I know, you know, sometimes that's the case for a lot of people, but um, I actually, I'll take a step back for a second. So when I first started working as, um, as a nurse in nursing school, one of the big things that was always talked about kind of next steps, you're getting your bachelor's, um, next step, nurse practitioner. I think that that was something that was talked about more than anything when it came to master's programs. And so when I first started working in Michigan, I had in my mind, oh, eventually I'm going to go back to become a nurse practitioner. Um, I will say probably within three months of um, working in Detroit, I learned very fast that I did not want to be a nurse practitioner. Um, 
nurse, nurse practitioners are great. We need them. But I knew my personality, um, it wasn't going to be a good fit, like taking on that much responsibility and prescribing medications and that type of thing. I said, oh, that gives me anxiety. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that that's going to be the right path for me. So, um, but I knew that I eventually wanted to do something. And um, what actually led me to move to North Carolina is Duke was offering a master's of nursing and ministry program. Um, I'd never heard of it before, didn't really know what I was going to do with it, um, but I loved nursing and I, um, you know, have a, a strong Christian foundation. And so I thought to myself, well, this is kind of marrying the two. Why not? Like, just try it out. So um, I ended up going to North Carolina, applying for jobs, um, interviewed at a job at Duke and um, got that job. Well, before I moved to North Carolina, they actually took that program away. Um, they just didn't have that much interest. The funding wasn't there. So they said they were no longer offering it. But I already had in my mind that I wanted, I was gonna go to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So um, I packed up, I moved, no family. <laughs> it was just me. Um, and that was in 2009. And um, I started working at Duke on a, um, another pediatric unit and the patient population is hemoc, um, renal, neurology, endocrine, and then peach general. So like a 31 bed unit and you have all these different patient populations mixed in. Wow. Um, so that's where I started working and that's where I'm actually working right now, but, um, in a, in a different role, which, um, I think we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have been, I worked there from 2009 until 2013. Um, and that's when I really started to figure out what I felt like I wanted to do as far as next steps in nursing. Um, it took me a while because when I first moved to North Carolina, I actually loved the job. I loved my coworkers and I actually thought to myself, you know what, I think I might want to stay here forever. Like just work at the bedside and, you know, this is, you know, the perfect setting. Um, so that is kind of actually what brought me to North Carolina and, um, I, you know, just decided to stay and then different things along my path from 2009 to 2013 is actually what led me to um, want to go forward in my nursing career and actually thought about a different master's program. Lindsay, I love the way that you recognized and that you were self-aware enough to recognize that becoming a nurse practitioner wasn't the right fit for you. Because I think it's important that we share that message. You know, not every registered nurse is not destined to become a nurse practitioner and there is no shame in that, you know? I think it's the one that we, it's like you said, it's probably one of the master's degrees or the advanced practice roles that we talk about the most, we hear about the most, but there's, I love that you were so self-aware to recognize that that wouldn't serve you well in this profession. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was kind of took me back because I was like, oh, well, this is what I thought that I was going to be doing. but. Um, you know, once I settled into North Carolina, um, you know, and kind of found my place there, like I said, I moved here with no family, no friends, um, and started making those connections here and was able to kind of get comfortable and call, start calling North Carolina home. Um, I kind of got settled more into my job and started developing and figuring out like what my true passion was. Um, and so, you know, I'll talk a little bit about some of the things that I did from 2009 to 2013 to kind of to lead me to that path. Sure. Um, I started working as a preceptor, you know, not too long after I got um, settled into Duke um, and then went into being a charge nurse. And um, those were kind of like natural progressions for on the unit. Not everybody, um, even to this day, not everybody does them. I know there's some units where I hear, you know, like six months into nursing, your charge nurse preceptor, you know, that's just kind of like what happens. Um, but I did, one thing I did like about this unit was it was not an expectation. It was something that you 
could decide if you wanted to do or not. Um, and I found myself really enjoying both roles. I enjoyed the preceptor role. I loved teaching um, new nurses. And then I also really enjoyed the charge nurse role because um, just kind of seeing myself in that leadership role on the unit um, was something that I didn't know um, if I actually had in myself um, as a nurse and just my personality in general. Um, but I actually found that I really enjoyed it and I seemed to get positive feedback from my coworkers. They felt like that I was doing a good job in those positions as well as my, um, my manager. Um, so kind of moving forward a little bit, really finding my passion in the teaching aspect of things. Um, I wanted to explore that a little bit more. I had different family members, especially my mom, who kind of kept saying, you know, when are you going to get your master's? When are you going to get your master's? And I'm like, maybe eventually, but I don't want to just do it just to say that I got my master's. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure it was something that I was actually going to, um, going to enjoy. And so um, knowing that I enjoyed teaching, I decided to look into being a clinical instructor. Um, and so actually in 2013, I was able to get an opportunity being a clinical instructor for Duke School of Nursing, um, and they were an um, accelerated um, nursing program. And so um, I actually was a clinical instructor for a semester, so that allowed me to have two different nursing groups um, and on, on the pediatric unit. And so I actually was able to do it on my unit, which was pretty um, pretty nice because I was already comfortable there. I knew the staff, I knew the patients. So that helped me to be a little bit more comfortable teaching others um, about the patient population. And I found that I really enjoyed that, that part of teaching. Um, the thing I didn't enjoy was doing all of the assignment grading after after the students left, <laughs> um, but actually interacting with the students and helping them to teach and grow um, were all things that I really enjoyed. And so um, after doing that, I said, okay, I know I like education. Um, so it actually led me to apply to a um, master's in nursing education program. And so um, that was, I applied for that program at Duke, um, and I thought, you know, this is this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. Um, and I actually got a call for an interview for the program. Mm -hmm. Well, right around that same time, you know, life throws you <laughs> throws you some loops. So um, right around that same time, um, Duke's um, hospital the health system, they actually provide um, some funding to help students go back to school. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a pretty significant amount, but Duke is really expensive. Um, yeah, and so it's, you know, a private, private university. So they're, all those are usually expensive. And so without the funding, um, I knew that I didn't want to go that path of having like that much debt from um, like a master's program. Mm -hmm. So. Um, and, and at that same time, Duke was kind of uncertain if they were going to be able to provide funding for all the students. So I actually backed out of um, the interview process for the program at Duke and started having conversations with a friend that went to UNC um, and did her master's in a program called Clinical Nurse Leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and she also was able to get her an education certificate at the same time. And so um, that sounded super appealing to me. Um, you know, I said, oh, I've got a little bit of leadership. I get some education um, all mixed in there together. And um, so I thought that actually might be a better fit for me. And UNC being a public school is not as expensive as Duke. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of a win-win on both sides. Right. Can you describe, Lindsay, um, just more kind of service level, not necessarily the role that you're in now, but um, what it means to be a clinical nurse leader when you earn a master's degree in that, what is that preparing you for? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things about clinical nurse leadership, it focuses on the use of 
evidence-based practice um, to provide, to deliver care. And it can be to a variety of patient populations. It could be, you know, in the hospital, it can be in the clinic setting. Um, it focuses on the microsystem. So think about like, I'll just use Duke as an example. Um, it's a huge hospital. I mean, it has a couple hospitals attached to a hospital and they've got pediatrics with inside of it and they've got adults and um, they've got a cancer center and all these different areas. Um, well, the, the, that would be kind of more like the macro system. The micro system is more at the unit level. Um, so you're a nurse, you're working on a, a unit um, in a hospital, and that would be more focused on the microsystem, or you might, you know, be at a clinic, um, you know, a, a doctor's office, something like that would be more of like a microsystem. Mm -hmm. um, so it looks at using evidence-based practice in that type of setting. Um, and some of the things that the program really focuses on is interprofessional um, care coordination. So utilizing the whole team, um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of times inpatient or outpatient, we can see that the, um, the doctor is the, really the one that's driving a lot of the, um, the care and um, facilitation of everything. And this program really focused on the interprofessional where the nurse is involved in it and the social worker and um, you know, maybe psychology and, you know, but also really at the center of that is the patient and, you know, I think really in pediatrics, the patient and the family. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of one of the big things. And so in the clinical nurse leader role, um, you actually learn how to do um, needs assessments. And so in the program, you actually take um, a master's level um, pharmacy assessment and um the other the other section yes pathophysiology thank you sure. um, so you actually take those kind of the same classes that nurse practitioners take mm -hmm. um, so you get a little bit higher level understanding of those areas so that you can be a leader um, in in the system when you're looking at whatever microsystem that you're working with um, so that was something that I really enjoyed, being able to get that additional knowledge there. Um, and then, so when you're doing these needs assessments, you're looking for um, different risks um, that might pop up and things that you can intervene with. Um, and so say if you found an opportunity to improve patient care, then um, the program really focused on doing um, cycles of like a plan do study act cycle and so we had opportunities to kind of look at that and see okay you know if i implement this change um how well is it working do i need to go back you know um and adjust something to continue to make improvements um and really at the end of the day the um the goal is to improve um, care team collaboration patient satisfaction um, and also um, a, a goal of it is actually um, nurse retention um, bringing them more into the patient care um, aspect of things wow that sounds like such an important advanced role um, and so Cool. I know the clinical nurse leader is fairly new when you think of, um, you know, the advanced roles in nursing. I know that um, it's been around for a while now, but it's fairly new when you compare it to other advanced roles. Um, but gosh, what important work. I can see based on what you've described about your story and what you've done and kind of you identifying your passion for precepting and, you know, training um, newer colleagues. It makes a lot of sense to me that that master's degree fit really well with your interests. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I actually started to learn more about it, I was really excited about it. Um, like you said, it is a newer um, advanced practice role. And um, when I was looking at it, I said, okay, this sounds really interesting. I feel like I can utilize this in my career. But um, the thing that I did learn very quickly is that a lot of organizations do not um, actually have an official clinical nurse leadership role or position within the organization. 
Um, I think there's maybe one health system in North Carolina that hires clinical nurse leaders. Um, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think some other states utilize them, utilize that position a little bit more. Um, so when I did the program, I didn't necessarily have the expectation that I would actually find a clinical nurse leader job specifically, but mm -hmm. I felt like I could use that in a variety of different roles. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I think what you're saying is you wouldn't necessarily search um, for like employment opportunities and search clinical nurse leader and find something there. Um, but it sounds like the skills and the knowledge that you gained from completing the program has changed the way that you approach the nursing roles that you are in. Yes, that is exactly correct. Um, it definitely shaped my thinking a lot differently um, than I did um, you know, when I was previously, um, you know, working at the bedside and prior to like my master's studies, I was able to, you know, now when I go, go to work, I can have a different perspective of things and kind of try mm -hmm. to do some of those assessments in my mind where it may not be something that's so official, but um, I can take that back and kind of help to um, support the staff that I work with and try to, you know, bring about change in that way as well. Sure. So Lindsay, if you don't mind, can you explain to us what it is that you do, what it means to be a clinical team lead um, at Duke? Yeah, yeah, I definitely can. Um, and I'll actually, so I went, you know, got my, went ahead and got my master's and mm -hmm. um, like I said, the education certificate. And so the education certificate was something that was optional, but knowing that I really love teaching, I wanted to do that. And so um, it involved me taking just a couple extra classes um, in nursing education. So I was able to add that piece onto it. Um, and so I graduated with my master's um, in December of 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, one of the things that I, um, just kind of taking a step back a little bit, one of the things that I really liked about the program was um, because clinical nurse leaders are not, um, you know, a big part of organizations right now, they kind of allowed us to pick who we wanted to be our preceptor and kind of in what area. So I had to do a lot of clinical hours when I was in the program. Um, and I actually decided to do them with a nurse educator um, at Duke um, so that I could really dive more into that. So that was just kind of one, one piece of the program too that allows a lot of flexibility. Um, so when I, when I was getting ready to graduate, um, I kind of had to think about, you know, what, what do I want to do with this degree, right? Because it's not um, as specific as nurse practitioner and, you know, nurse practitioners do things in a lot of different roles as well, but a lot of times, you know, go to school just because they actually want to, you know, practice in that role. So, um, I was in a position at my current job where I was actually starting to get a little bit burnt out. Um, you know, I didn't, I knew that my master's would give me a lot more opportunity. I wasn't really sure how that was going to work out. Um, I still loved the patients that I was working with, but I think I had gotten to a point where I had been in a place for so long that, um, some of the negativity that was being fed by, you know, some of my coworkers, um, feelings about the organization were starting to build up in me as well. And just, you know, being at the bedside is a demanding position um, physically and mentally. And so I felt like I needed to kind of step away from that a little bit. And I knew with my master's, I had a lot of opportunities. So I actually took a job right out of um, grad school as a case manager um, so I totally stepped away from the bedside and worked in a physician's office um, so it was part of a it was part of um, University of North Carolina um, they have many physicians practices and so my role um, in the practice was as a case manager and I felt like as the clinical nurse leader you know getting that information and knowledge that I could actually utilize that a lot as a case manager. Um, well, as I started working in that position, um, I quickly realized it wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. 
um, I was actually doing what's called Medicare annual wellness visits. So I went from working with pediatric patients to um, like total opposite, like geriatric patients really <laughs> um, and doing their annual wellness visits, which is a little bit like their, their physical assessment. Um, and that was something that I did like eight or nine of those a day, you know, just back to back to back to back. And it's a very important job, but I just did not find passion in that. Um, and I actually got proposed the op opportunity to be an educator for, for the case managers. Um, they did not have an educator, and I felt like there was so much information that needed to be developed and um, to put out to everyone. And so they actually granted me that opportunity. Um, so I took on that role. Um, as an educator, but I still wasn't finding satisfaction in my job. Um, and actually, the biggest thing was probably the organization that I was working for. Um, like I said, it was a subset of UNC. Um, and so they actually kind of had their own um, directors and people managing things. And it just was not a great fit for me. Um, and the opportunity for um, the clinical team lead position at the job that I was at previously at Duke opened up. Um, and I actually had people reaching out to me asking me if I would apply for the position, um, you know, which was very, you know, very good to hear. You know, I guess I left a good reputation when I left That's there. Yeah, yeah. So um, it took me a little bit to decide if I wanted to go back. Um, but I really thought about the people that I worked with and the patient population and it actually working at another organization and seeing how disorganized things were, I quickly realized how organized things actually were at my, at Duke. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a good thing to step away because it can give you an appreciation for where you were before. Um, so fast forward, I applied for the job, I got it. And so what the clinical team lead position is, um, the best way I can describe it is kind of like an assistant manager position. Um, but the clinical in the title is kind of a key thing because um, I do some staffing shifts. So I actually still do some bedside patient care. Um, that usually is about once a week. But then the other amount of time I'm doing um, is more administrative things. Um, so I'm actually a supervisor for all of the staff on our unit um, and recognized in that way. Um, and in my position, I kind of, my manager and I, we kind of work really well together. Um, when I took the job, she was actually new to the manager on the unit. Um, so it wasn't the same manager that I worked for before, which was not a bad thing. Um, and she, you know, just brought a, a totally different perspective and it was really good. And so we actually work really well together. So anything that she does, she's constantly trying to teach me um, about doing that. So, you know, whether it's um, learning about the budget or um, interviewing and hiring new staff. Um, I, in the clinical lead position, I actually do all of the coordination for orientation. Um, so I was able to, you know, come back to that, that position that I really enjoy. Um, we also, you know, do the scheduling and um, just learning about a lot of um, human resources, um, different things. And then also one of the other things is I'm a lot of a part of a lot of different committees. Um, so I'm a part of the pediatric clinical practice committee. Um, I am a part of our education committee. Um, we have safety committees. Um, so I kind of sit on a lot of different committees. And so I'm able to provide that input, um, you know, from how, how would things be affected on our unit? Um, and so people look to me a lot and say, hey, Lindsay, you know, on your unit, if we implement this, you know, how do you think this will work? Um, so it's a very nice balance because I still get that patient care and patient interaction, but I also kind of get that, um, that leadership role as well. Well, and I think it's so important to have that voice when they're considering policies that will impact, you know, you guys on your unit and the way that you deliver care. 
it's so nice to have that voice. What, um, from your perspective, I mean, I think that you offer those committees a lot of perspective, but from your perspective, what do you enjoy most or appreciate most about being on various committees like you've described? Oh, that's a great question. Um, one of the things I really enjoy being on the Pediatric Clinical Practice Committee because that is actually where all of the policies filter through. Um, and so if there's, you know, the university itself um, and the health system has tons and tons of policies. Some of them are adult specific, some of them are pediatric specific, and some of them are um, combined. So they're used in adults and pediatrics. And so if it's a policy that is up for renewal or it needs to be changed in any way and it affects pediatrics, it comes to that committee. Um, and also if um, there's new ideas and thoughts about new policies, it comes through that committee as well. Um, and so I really enjoy being kind of firsthand um, learning and understanding, you know, why are we implementing this change? Um, what type of policies do we really need to focus on? Um, and the policies that come up for renewal, um, they all have expiration dates and those policies need to be looked at to see if there's any new evidence out there to, um, to lead us to change the policy. And so several, several different specialties sit on the committee. There's, um, there's physicians, there's nurse practitioners, um, there's clinical nurse specialists, um, and then nurses from all of the different pediatric units um, are on, on the committee as well. So I also get to um, you know, see the different perspectives and why somebody might think one way versus another. Um, and then the different safety committees I sit on, there's probably like three or four. Um, you know, one is like kind of all the way up in pediatrics, all the way down to, um, you know, our unit level safety committee. And then there's also a pediatric oncology safety committee. Um, and so it's really, I really enjoy sitting on that because we actually talk about um, safety reporting and the things that come through when um, there's maybe an error that's made or, um, you know, there needs to be something that's looked at a little bit closer to see if we can actually um, prevent um, an error from happening. Um, so it's really good to get the insight um, and be kind of firsthand in those conversations. Oh, wow, I bet. Lindsay, I, I think this job sounds so interesting. It sounds like such a, an, a nice integration of kind of everything that you've described you love, you know, the orientation and a kind of mentoring and still caring for patients and their families, yet leading and, you know, being part of um, the implementation of evidence-based practice. It just sounds like such a nice combination of all of those things. I am curious though, you know, when you finished your master's degree and um, became a clinical um, nurse leader, um, and then you started that role in case management and weren't loving it. And then you transitioned to a role as an educator and still didn't love it. I'm curious, how did you help persevere through that and recognize that, you know, the time that you invested, the energy that you invested in earning that master's degree, how did you make sure that that paid off for you rather than, um, you know, just hating your job every day and struggling through it? I mean, what kinds of things helped guide you through that period of time where you maybe were a little less passionate about where you were in nursing? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I don't think I've ever truly thought about that. Um, so I think that, so the, the specific case management role um, where I was doing the annual wellness visits, um, to me, um, you know, I think some, obviously there's some people that are truly passionate about that, um, was like a little bit mundane. Um, I just kind of felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. Um, but I also was in the position in this organization where the case management role was a little bit new. Um, there was new management that was coming in and there was, there were new, um, there was constant changes that were happening, um, especially because it was Medicare driven, you know, they had to mm -hmm. look at, you know, how are they getting paid and funded and all that type of thing. So even though I didn't actually love doing the, the wellness visits, it was very interesting learning about that side of healthcare. Um, and, you know, I tried to focus on that during my, my time there because 
you know, from 2007 to 2017, so for 10 years, I worked as an inpatient nurse. So I didn't have to think anything about billing, um, you know, what is happening when these patients go outpatient. Um, you know, so even though I worked in pediatrics and I was now working with the adult population, um, it really helped me to focus on that, um, think about that care coordination factor. Mm -hmm. Um, because being inpatient at the bedside, you know, a lot of times our patients come in, um, we treat them, you know, for the very acute thing that's going on, and then we, we discharge them, and then we get a new admission, you know, it's kind of a rotating process, but um, this position made me take a step back and think about what is actually happening to these patients once they leave the hospital, um, and the idea of the wellness visit and also some of the case management role, because another part of it was I was doing, making phone calls to patients as well, checking in on them, on ones that had really chronic um, conditions. Mm -hmm. And the focus of that was trying to keep them out of the hospital. Um, so, you know, it kind of gave me that perspective of like, okay, well, as a nurse, you know, inpatient, we need patients, you know, to have a job. But in the outpatient setting, they're like, we don't want these patients going into the hospital. You know, nobody wants people to be sick. But it just kind of gave me a new perspective. And I think that was one thing that I focused on while I was there. I said, I know that I don't love this, but I'm learning something new and I'm growing. Mm -hmm. And wherever I go next, I can take this with me. Um, and because it was such a new and ever evolving thing, um, I had that opportunity to step into the education role, um, whereas in most organizations, like bigger organizations, I probably couldn't just say, hey, I think we need an educator, and somebody says, okay, sure, um, you know, and I kind of felt like even though it took a few months, that was what I was able to do, um, and so that was kind of exciting to just be able to think like, wow, like they thought enough of me to um, allow me to step into this this role that had never existed before. Um, so I learned a lot of things in that position as well as the educator, um, how to work with staff, how to, you know, teach them um, creating documents and supportive material to help facilitate the education process. Um, so it's, there was a lot of things that I learned, even though it wasn't my passion. Um, and so I just tried to stay focused on that um, while I was there. Um, as I mentioned before, I have a, a strong Christian foundation, so I always also go back to, to God. And I know that's not everybody's thing, but that, that for me is always a, you know, I'm here for a reason and take advantage of the opportunity while I'm here until I move, you know, to the next thing. Right. And I love the way that when you describe it, you really took advantage of that opportunity and saw it as an opportunity to gain something new while still keeping, it sounds like your mind very open to other opportunities and having faith that you would transition into a role that you did like again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's I have to keep cool. that in my mind. <laughs> right. Well, and I think we all have to keep that in mind, right? We are all going to have, whether it's just a bad day or a bad month, or maybe it's just not the right role for us. Um, I think we should all have faith that there is like that the right role or the better day or, you know, month is out there for us. We just have to kind of persevere, you know? So yeah. I love the way that you described that, Lindsay. This has um, been such an interesting journey to hear about, and I think such a unique role that will probably appeal to, you know, many, many people who are listening to us today. Is there anything else that you would want to share or any other tips that you would give to someone who was either a nursing student or new in the nursing career? Um, and, you know, if you have any pearls of wisdom, any additional pearls of wisdom, I should say, to share? Yeah, sure. Um, I think one of the biggest things is focus, um, you know, in nursing, we kind of give, 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 you know, um, that's kind of why we go into the role to give to mm -hmm. others. But I think just kind of taking a step back in your daily, um, daily duties, whether you're working in a hospital or working in a clinic or wherever you might be, and taking some time to focus on yourself and, um, you know, get, gaining perspective on what you really enjoy and what you really appreciate about the job that you do. Um, 
you know, for me, it was realizing that I really like teaching, um, you know, somebody else, it can be something totally different, but taking that time to learn about yourself, um, and don't feel like you have to follow a path because a family member or a friend is, is doing it, um, or that there's this kind of high expectation that you are, you know, should be a nurse practitioner or, you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, taking time and thinking about, you know, what is really important to you and what do you really value and what brings you excitement every day that you go to work um, is one thing that I would say. And then another thing is, um, I think Jessica, you spoke to this, is that you're going to have difficult days. Um, you might even have difficult weeks and months, you know, just kind of depending on, you know, where you're at. But um, think about in those difficulties, you know, what are you learning? What are you um, able to take away from them? Um, and, you know, focus on, focus on growth as opposed to kind of being down, upset, or frustrated. Um, you know, I will think back to probably about six years ago, um, something that stood out as probably still to this day, one of my worst days in nursing. Um, is I had a patient and it was my first patient that ever coded. Um, and, you know, for any nurse, you know, that's probably going to stand out as something that was, you know, a hard day. Um, and, you know, working on the floor that I'm on, it's an intermediate floor. We don't have patients that code every day, you know, working in an ICU is going to be totally different. Um, but in this situation, when it happened, um, you know, it was all, all hands on deck. Everybody's trying to do their best best they can to support this patient. Um, there was actually a interesting balance of nurses on, um, you know, I was one of the more, ex more experienced nurses and there was probably two other nurses that had been there maybe a couple years more than me. And then after that, we probably had about four nurses that hadn't even been a nurse for a year. Um, so, you know, we're, everybody's trying the best they can. And ultimately we got the patient to to the PICU, um, he was intubated, he was where he needed to be, and he was alive. That was like the biggest win, you know, we did what we needed to do. Um, and I remember coming back to the unit and the manager at the time, um, like I said, I'm working with a different manager now, she was unfortunately not as supportive and came to me talking about all the things that she felt like I did wrong. Um, and what I, could have done better. Um, and I think in those moments, we all take a step back and think about what did I miss? Is there anything that I could have done better? But when you have somebody tell you, um, and there weren't, these weren't significant things. Um, they were, you know, she felt like the room was too messy and that, um, you know, oxygen wasn't set up appropriately and different things like that. Um, and ultimately, like I said, we got the outcome we needed for that patient. Um, but that was, all of those things together were an extremely hard day for me. And everybody's going to have their own story. But don't allow those things. And, I, you know, I didn't think of this right away. You know, I was in my emotions a lot. But after I took a step back, I realized that if ever comes a point in my career that I consider management or a leadership position. I learned from that, that that was not how I wanted to respond. Um, you know, and I just took that away and took that moment to say, what can I learn from this? Um, and I think that in every difficult moment, what I would encourage um, any nurse to do is try to find in that what you can learn from those moments and what you can take from them you know, as you go further in your career. I think that's just invaluable advice. I, I remember the first code of one of my patients that I was caring for, I think probably just distinct, as distinctly as you do, as you're describing. Um, but I, I love your point of, you know, figure out how to turn that into a lesson, how to make it better, how to let that grow your career. Because unfortunately, those, those events are inevitable, right, in the work that we do. Um, but the way that we manage them is different. And I also love that you said, 
you didn't come upon that realization right away, right? When you were initially criticized, you didn't immediately go to, I'm going to be a better manager than this someday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you were in your emotions. And I remember spending days to weeks, you know, feeling, you know, really worried about what had I done wrong or not well enough or what could I have changed and just grieving the experience of a patient that I cared for coding. So I can relate to that so well, Lindsay, but I think that the insight that you're offering and that time, once you've had a little bit of time to process those emotions and instead turn that into something that will drive your career even more positively is just invaluable. I think that's such an important lesson that you're offering. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's there's sure. definitely, yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, if we had all day, there's lots of different stories I can, I could tell, but um, all of them definitely shaped me and helped me to get where I am today. And, you know, I've got lots of years left in me, hopefully. So I'm sure I'll learn lots more lessons as I go along. Right. Well, I so appreciate you taking the time to share the lessons you've gained so far. And I think um, for such a relatively young nursing career, you know, you certainly have gained a lot of important wisdom and um, shared a lot of valuable lessons with all of us today. And I'm so grateful, Lindsay, for you spending this time with us and, you know, for being so generous of sharing that story, despite how hard I think some of these stories and, you know, our journeys can be. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being able to be here today and having the opportunity to share my story. Um, you know, I definitely, you know, like I said, I love teaching new nurses and I definitely have that passion for wanting um, every nurse that comes into nursing to feel like they have um, a place and an opportunity. Um, and, you know, nursing is there's so many opportunities. Like even if you go into it and you go to the bedside and you're like, this is not for me, um, don't run away from nursing. You know, there's so many other things out there. There's the business side of things, there's the clinic, you know, there's just lots of different opportunities out there um, that you can still find your place in. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to talk to you today. And I hope all of you listening will tune in to our next episode. Um, and Lindsay, I just can't help but think how lucky the nurses who get to learn under you are um, for you sharing your enthusiasm and your passion for teaching with them. So thank you again. Oh, well, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Night and Tales. As you do, we encourage you to consider the unique nature of each person's journey through this profession. The views shared on this podcast are those of an individual, not the academic institution that they graduated from, their employer, or the professional organization that they're active in. The stories of their career path and progression are not intended to suggest that there is a uniform approach to achieving similar accomplishments, but to open your mind to all that is available to you. Each journey in nursing is as unique as each individual that we serve. We hope you'll listen again next time.